Hello and welcome back to Diaries of a Lady Gardener. If you think gardening is cool and would rather take a trip to the garden centre than go out-out, you found the right podcast, but also you're not in the minority. Research from Draper Tools has revealed that over 80% of young people officially think gardening is cool, mainly because of its benefits for mental health and the environment. Draper Tools are back for season two as sponsors of the Diaries of a Lady Gardener podcast, so why not join me in following them on Instagram? at draper underscore tools. In this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with one of the most passionate, inspiring and enthusiastic growers on Instagram. Lydia, otherwise known as at your organic PT, or in my case, the onion wiggle lady, is an organic grower, personal trainer and medicinal herbalist with an incredible skill for storytelling. Although the fact that her story is a good one definitely helps. We lost the best part of an evening to chat about amazing ants, ridiculously exciting botanical garden projects and our sheer love of plants. You are going to love this one. Hi Lydia, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you today about lots of things like herbs and obviously the onion wiggle. Oh, okay. I see what's going on. I see. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be good fun. It'll be good fun. Definitely. So I thought we should just start off by jumping in and can you tell us a little bit about where your gardening adventure began? For sure. So I began, um, I, I suppose i started gardening twice <laughs> in my life because uh, I, I didn't have it do it really for a period but I was raised on a small holding I was exceptionally fortunate I was raised with nature uh, absolutely no internet so we were about 20 something so it was really out in the sticks with nature growing food my parents grew most of our own food and vegetables um, and so I learned very practical um instinctual skills my dad was really really keen to build our instincts as well as our knowledge when we were little so um we we, you know we played outside grew bits of food were sent out of the kitchen to go and find various different bits as children um so I suppose we were fortunate to even learn to forage when we were kids which is (laughs) debatably uh debatably advisable um but we, we just grew up learning how to use all of those different plants. And then I moved to London at 18 because when you're raised on an isolated farm, the only thing you want to do at 18 is get away from the isolated <laughs> farm. <laughs> um, and I, I went to London to study uh, for three years, stayed to work there for a few more years. Um, and when I finished studying for three years in London, um, I my mental health, my physical health, was um, not in a great way for various reasons we certainly won't go into today because it'll probably be a whole podcast (laughs) Um, but I started to tend to plants in London because I'd missed I really 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 missed the countryside and nature and it really hit me quite heavily Um, and so I set up a table um, in someone else's garden and I started to grow vegetables again in pots and then i moved to one of the places that I rented in London, um, had a tiny little garden at the back. So then I grew even more little bits of food and carried that on and then um, ended up very unexpectedly taking over herbalists and the herbalists in my hometown because it was due to shut 
Um, so I moved back to uh, the small holding, actually. Um, there was various family issues that made that also really great timing so that we could come back and help out as well. So a, a few of me and my sibling actually both moved back at a similar time. And then it was just back to full blown. We're now growing the food for the family and <laughs> we're... Um, sort of taking on as much responsibility as we could there. And I ended up getting an old patch of land um, that was just um, old compacted farmland. And this all sort of exploded then all at the same time. And yeah, and then I started growing back on the small holding again and um, managing different little areas there and then taking over, like I said, this is about a quarter <laughs> of an acre plot of um, old overcompacted sort of poor soil playland and turning it into a giant organic food garden with a herb garden and a wildlife patch and things and so I'm not sure where it started it sort of stopped started along the way but it's <laughs> certainly never going to stop again <laughs> it sounds like you've come fully in a circle of like right I've done this amazing childhood which you probably I guess you never really appreciate quite what you've got until not at all and it was gorgeous but no not at all I mean <laughs> teenage you know you get into a teenager and all you want to do um which now I'm I'm so grateful I almost didn't have it but at the time no all you want to do at 17 is be able to get a bus to your friend's house and I mean you couldn't walk you'd be walking for hours before you got to a bus stop or a you know, it really is in the middle of nowhere. Um, so yeah, no, at 18, I didn't like it, but um, that was that was just being a, a moody teenager on my part. And like I say, <laughs> I'm very, very grateful to have had that and to have, have it in adult life as well. So. It's definitely one of those things where everything happens for a reason. I didn't do it quite sure. at 18, but when I, so I live in a lovely part of Devon, We've mm. never had, well, we used to have a massive garden, but I kind of moved from my mum's with a small patio garden and I went to uni in Aberdeen, which is the ah, greatest city in <laughs> Yes, the furthest away from the, the furthest end of the country you could get to. Yeah, and there's basically yeah, there's no there. There's no yes. thing. Yeah. Nothing that's good mm. there. And then when I came back after, I think I was gone for two years and I was back for a year and then I had to go back for my final year, but... I'd never appreciated like there's a beach in Aberdeen but it's nothing like a Devon beach and the yeah. plants and the greenery and like just everything here and obviously I didn't take on my allotment until probably a year after I was back but you just really appreciate that kind of like countryside like all of the little things definitely yes I think the older you get well especially when you're a child as well you don't fully it's very difficult to fully under appreciate as a child how differently lots of different people live in different places. I mean, I was just ignorant till I was at least, yeah, probably 15 to 18, genuinely thinking that everyone grew up in the countryside. And I, <laughs> you know, that was um, just, yeah, I, I certainly didn't appreciate what inner city life was not having nature around and certainly, certainly felt the, um, the effects of that. And I'm just grateful that I could, yeah also move back out of that and have that choice so yeah it's very interesting yeah definitely a bit quite a good payoff for not quite so good public transport but there's many other benefits <laughs> yes and I well now we have wi-fi I mean it was only installed about <laughs> two years ago 
<laughs> but it has finally reached um, the, the sticks of Yorkshire. So <laughs> just well, welcome to the 21st century. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's a long time. <laughs> oh. um, so you said that the land that you moved on to is really compacted soil. What kind of things yes. have you had to do to sort of make that viable land? Um, I'll be honest, there were certain things that I could grow in the first year, but it's taken three years to get the soil quality to a point where I would say it's good quality. Mm -hmm. um, so clay, it was old um, arable farmland, so it was good quality clay soil, high in sort of minerals, nutrients, but it was, I mean, it just looked like the surface of the moon. <laughs> it was cracked. It was solid. It was just almost unworkable. I mean, I've gone no dig now, um, but you you couldn't, I mean, you could barely get a spade in there anyway. There was no biodiversity whatsoever. Um, there was very little wildlife. There was grass, there was a conifer, and there was a single sycamore tree, which at the time I just, grass and sycamore trees became my least favourite plant ever because I just battled them um but then learned you obviously can't battle nature so sort of went okay how can I utilize you and the grass ended up going into the composting and I learned to love that and the sycamore was where I ended up planting all of my herb garden under because it provided shade and I I learned very uh quickly that you you just you don't battle nature you just work with it so <laughs> that was fun um but I ended up planting I went no dig so that was one of the really big important things for my garden and to improve that land. Um, I didn't, I wasn't completely no dig. I wasn't completely, I used to buy in soils and things to begin with. Um, so I certainly wasn't as self-sufficient um, as my plot is now. Now I home make all my own compost, but it's not, you know, now whatever is sort of, on that patch of land has come from that patch of land and I've managed to get it to a really nice state and the biodiversity has just massively increased and I've added various ponds and wildlife ponds and things to add water and like I said before wildlife patches but I did do all of that in stages and I, I personally think it's taken me about three years to really get to the point where okay it's established now now it's on its own it can continue there's wildlife here there's um everything's rotating really nicely I've got enough variety of wildlife that you know I nothing I don't get many diseases I don't get many pest problems because they all look after each other <laughs> um really so I, I use permaculture I just mix organic methods so I use a bit of permaculture which is obviously all planting and positionings I use no dig technique which is not digging <laughs> layering cardboard and then layering homemade compost on top which all of these things have improved. I added a pond, I added wildlife patches, that all brought more wildlife. So my frogs eat my slugs and my swallows eat my green flies and different things like that. You know, there's so many ants that, and ants are so important for the ecosystem of our gardens. They, they literally inject nitrogen into plants. It's phenomenal. So we need nature, we need wildlife and, that's what I focused on personally to improve my plants. Um, you can do things a little bit quicker, um, I think, but I wanted to do things completely naturally. 
So mm. I just did it in stages and tried to improve myself and my garden <laughs> at the same time. And um, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a really fun process. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Like the challenge. It sounds like an incredible transformation. And I love that for you, it was also all about the process. Like it's not a quick fix. It's not kind of what can I do tomorrow that is going to make this land instantly perfect. But I think that that is kind of like the key thing about gardening is you are going to fail and you're going to have run into issues and you're going to run into things where you have to kind of like take the time. But that is what makes it magical is that you put the love and care into it and then it rewards you in the end. Definitely. And I think organic gardening and permaculture practices and things, you know, until you do have a massive variety of or a decent variety, I shouldn't say massive because I make it sound difficult and it isn't. Um, But if you've got enough variety of insects and wildlife, they will manage themselves. Mm -hmm. So in the first year, I got more diseases. I got more pests. I did. I left them and I lost a few crops and that's fine. And you carry on working with it and various different things um so and yeah and but eventually now I you know I don't I don't use anything um Mm -hmm. my family used to use um neem powders and things only in the greenhouse we don't we never use them outside um but I've sort of completely pulled away even from that because I've just managed to finally get through to even them that nothing's necessary actually if you give it enough time so um yeah it is one of those things where you've just kind of given it time for nature to restore its balance I guess and now it's working for you absolutely we don't I mean we don't you've nailed it you've you've just sort of phrased that so much better than me but all we do is help nature Mm -hmm. and if we battle it it laughs us we won't win (laughs) (laughs) you know um so but if we can give it a sort of helping hand it, it thrives it really does and you plant the right things in the right spots next to the right things it is not difficult at all um it will it, it yeah it will exactly like you said it will just thrive and it has and I'm delighted that I've been able to watch it and guide it ever so slightly <laughs> but witness that happen has <laughs> been a pleasure <laughs> you can tell that it's just like brought you so much joy as well like it's so lovely to hear people who have kind of like been on that journey and like I guess it's not even you see the light at the end of the tunnel like from the beginning you know that it is going to produce something amazing but until it kind of gets to that space like I'm in my third year of growing and the first awesome. year I was like, oh, wow, this is magic. The second year, I was like, I think I'm going to quit. I Like, I'm not loving oh, it. Everything's gone wrong. Good. And this mm-hmm. year is the first year where my harvests haven't been huge because, like you say, mm-hmm. my, it is a process of getting yeah. it back to, mm-hmm. like, a really good point. But sure. I've never enjoyed it more than I have now. And I've oh, got, like, awesome. the understanding of how to get my soils to be where they should be and oh that's awesome yeah what's behind what's going on underneath the soil and behind the plants rather than just being like I sowed a carrot seed a carrot appeared x months later yeah and that understanding is I mean I don't know about you but I think that's just so empowering Mm. when you understand the process because like you said if something goes wrong you don't go oh I failed it isn't a fail it's a oh wow what happened there yeah I can improve that and I know how to do that next time and therefore I know how to improve growing my own food which is just such a mad and pleasurable thing so all plants whether you're you know whether you're watching them or using them for food either way it's a pleasure but yeah definitely and I think it's the best way to learn as well like 
ultimately it is upsetting when a plant dies and but it's mm-hmm. I think unless you've had that like experience yourself of like oh right I did that thing and it didn't work out you, you oh don't really goodness, yes much like on Instagram I love watching other people and I take so much inspiration from other people but sometimes you see other people do stuff and you think mm, not quite sure on that or you try it yourself and then you're like oh it didn't really work for me but it's different for everyone absolutely I think that's why te- actually you've hit on why I'm really hesitant to do tutorials um, <laughs> and give out tips um it I, it's mixed responses from Instagram followers because some want you to give them loads of lessons and tips and then others are like why are you teaching me this it's plants all we can do is experiment mm-hmm. so and it's kind of going like I'll share a few with you try it out it yeah. might work for you it might not because the, the thing is, sun, the sun rises differently over every single person's garden. The soil composition is different in every single person's garden. The level of wind exposure is different in every single person's garden. So something that works in mine, and then you say, this will work in yours, unless yeah. you have grown it in a pot with shop-bought compost in a greenhouse, the likelihood is that your technique will need to be ever so slightly different in every single garden. <laughs> the insects are different. So it's it's a really interesting one and I'm I'm quite glad that you brought it up because it's something that I am conscious of mm-hmm. and then trying to also work out how to it'd be lovely to give people tips and teach and empower them to do it but I'm also very wary of how to get across that but it is all trial and error as well mm-hmm. <laughs> so learn all of these things <laughs> and then also work it all out for yourself it's sort of an oxymoron but never mind that's so interesting <laughs> that you said that because um so I'm doing my RHS level two at the moment and part yeah. of me is like, it's been brilliant. I've learned so much of like the sciencey parts of like what's going on in the soil, what plants mm-hmm. are doing, like how they transpire, etc. It's been brilliant. But there's some stuff in there where I'm like, well, I don't necessarily agree with what you've done there. And you think, but it's not <laughs> yeah. service, you must do it their way because <laughs> yeah. they're teaching you. But actually, like you yeah. say, it isn't one, one yeah. shoe fits all. That's not the right saying. I can't think what the saying is. No, I think <laughs> but you know what I mean. It is. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back to something you said about the ants because I have ants everywhere but I didn't know that they were super good for the soil so I'd love to hear more about that so some people don't like ants in the garden because obviously they farm aphids which aphids aren't great but it's the aphids that's the problem not the ant <laughs> um, and actually if you have enough ants they'll be fine with the aphids anyway I've got so many in my pumpkin patch at the moment and they're still having a more beneficial um I have a giant anthill next to a giant pumpkin um, and the patch is so uh, healthy and thriving and there's a little bit of everything in there but it's like you say um, we've discussed before it's balancing itself out Mm -hmm. so there is again I am not an ant specialist but I would definitely recommend doing a little bit of research it's on the Oxford Plant University so it's Oxford University Plant Department it's all on their website. You can download different bits of research. It's really, really interesting. But there is um, the farmer ants, essentially. Um, uh, how can I put this in really? Um, um, they r- r- Forgive me for sounding. Um, they basically shit nitrogen into plants. Sorry, <laughs> forgive my language. Um, <laughs> can beat that. Um, sorry, I don't know why your podcast is being uh, <laughs> given out. Um, but the most basic way I can say it is they they deposit 
nitrogen uh, deposits into uh, a lovely way of putting it. plants. Sorry, that was how it was phrased, and the I promise that when you look it up, it's it's not phrased too dissimilarly on the Oxford plant website either. Um, I did have a good laugh when I saw it. Um, <laughs> I have to admit, I thought that's brilliant. Out of all the things that I was expecting to read, that was not it. Um, but yeah, so. Um, I went massively into delving into ants and their benefit to the soil. Um, there's the nitrogen aspect. There's also the fact that they aerate soil because they build tunnels uh, all through different types of soil um, as well. Um, so I had some odd experiences with ants in my greenhouse and I ended up with, um, I got completely basically infested with ants in a greenhouse it was quite a small greenhouse and there were multiple ant hills and they there were so many ants that they started to build structures up my plants so they were no longer just in the ground in little heaps they were everywhere and they were laying eggs on the tables of my greenhouse and I was literally saying on Instagram, like, what do I do about this? Do we try and get rid? Do we get the kettle? Do we allow them to take over? But I'm literally not going to be able to go in the entire greenhouse. What do we do? And anyway, I, even though I debated all the different ways to get rid of ants, I also love ants and I'm slightly obsessed with them. And they're so beneficial to our ecosystems that I obviously couldn't bring myself to doing anything about it. So I said, <laughs> great, I'm just going to watch them take photos and document them and see what they do and that was essentially the first year of my ant files um and uh yeah and then but what the crazy thing that I started to witness is that dying plants came back to life um without me doing anything and my cucumbers um I didn't give them enough attention and I didn't give them any feeds or comfrey or anything and they were dark green leaves with just more fruits than I'd ever seen and I started to think what but you're covered in ants how is that possible and so I started to bring in sick plants and I started to plant plants in sand and give them no nutrients and then put them in the greenhouse over the cracks so they encouraged ants to build nests in them and what I saw was phenomenal which was green leaves coming out and plants growing and thriving where they had been struggling and dying and I just that was when I started to look into it and that's when I found the sort of preliminary research on the Oxford Uni plant department and I started to read more about ants and um, they're a really crucial part of farming so yeah that's that's my ant story. That's insane! I absolutely love them. I didn't think I'd ever heard a story like it. I I honestly was blown away. I was really blown away. I've still got all the photos, got photos just ant nests and eggs. All I just I've honestly never seen anything like it. But now, pretty much every bit of soil that you dig into my plot, you'll find an ant's nest. They're everywhere. You can't sit on my ground anymore, but that's okay because I know um, that they're helping my plants to grow. Well, that's funny because my plot is the exact same. You literally can't pull up a weed without a flurry of ants coming out. Incredible. And there's a, there's a kid who comes to visit my allotment and he's kind of dragged down there and he's like, oh, here, 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 here. But one time right. we um, went to pull up some potatoes and I pulled up the plant and loads of ants came out and he sat there for an hour 
watching these ants and he was like if I move an egg away do you think they'll come back for it and then so he'd move a little egg out the way and then they'd come back for it and he'd be like oh my god they've come back for the egg they're taking the egg they're taking the egg and honestly I've never seen him so focused so interested (laughs) every time he goes to the allotment he's like where can I find some ants I'm like oh he's gonna be anywhere love it yeah they're amazing I didn't I actually didn't know that they were they did good for the soil like I'm they don't bother me other than the fact that I can't sit on the grass because they do crawl over me but um Mm. yeah they are everywhere that's awesome no that's so so good for your garden so amazing (laughs) best news of the day (laughs) (laughs) um so I know you said that you don't like to give out too many tips because the different things work for different people, but the onion wiggle, like, I feel like in my head, you are the onion lady, the onion wiggle lady. It makes me happy. <laughs> I don't know why, but it does. <laughs> Did it work? Are you, you said it worked. A hundred percent. So I've, like, I've grown onions successfully two out of three years. Um, from seeds this year, the onions were the best that they've ever been and then I started to wiggle and honestly within like a week or two they doubled in size and they kept doing it and like they'd not been growing very quickly before that and then suddenly Mm -hmm. it was just kind of like because you wiggle it and you can see the gap in the soil that you've made and then you come back a week or two later it's filled the gap it's insane absolutely absolutely so yeah I think that's probably my favorite tip (laughs) oh I love that maybe I should give a bit more and then just put a disclaimer at the bottom saying (laughs) warning your garden may be different to mine and may not work um but no it's it's an awesome I got that from my uncle my late uncle uh who was my gardening guru so I'm thrilled but it also really makes sense like when you plant a leek the traditional way to plant a leek is you make a really big hole and you don't fill it in you just throw it in it will root at the bottom and then it fills that gap so it makes complete sense that an onion by sort of wiggling like you say the soil around it wiggling the onion to create a space around the soil so that there's not as much whether it's restriction or I I really don't 100% know but I would have thought it's because there's just less resistance for the onion Mm. and so like you say it can fill that gap very quickly and easily and um yeah it it makes sense so um, I'm glad that's worked in practice as well (laughs) yeah it's something that I've been (laughs) I've been passing on, I obviously let, let people know Aww. it's not my own tip, but someone Thank at work. You. Oh, gosh, no, nothing's new under the sky. <laughs> As I, Charles Dowling said that to me, actually, and he's right. You know, these tips have been gardening. Yeah. Gosh, I mean, we've been gardening since we were, um, well, forever. We've been, literally. Uh, we've been gardening and growing food literally since humans existed. Um, and before, weirdly, but mm. we won't go into the odd bits of, about how humans got here. Um but no, yeah, so all of these techniques are just refined and recycled in different ways anyway. Mm. So, I mean, I got it off my uncle. I don't know where that got through. So, no, please, please spread it and wiggle on and pass it on. It's one, it. of, it's one of those things. There's me sat on a call in my office and someone was like, oh, Shan, I've, I'm growing leeks and onions. And I was like, right, have you have you been wiggling them? Because they were like, oh, they've not been growing. They like taken an awful long time. I was like, mm, I think you need to start wiggling them. I think I think that's oh, gonna really that. help. <laughs> and they were like, what? What kind of advice is this? I was like, I'm not saying I recommend it for all plants, but I'm I'm saying onions. And someone did actually ask me if it works the same with leeks, and I didn't try it with my leeks because they got rust a bit early on. But um, I guess yeah. it potentially. I haven't tried with leeks only because 
I pre-make the hole for a leak. Mm. So I will make a hole that is sort of the di- the circumference, the whole leak circumference <laughs> of the leak that I want to grow. And then I plop it in. And so there's very little resistance there anyway. So mm. I'm not sure. I mean, my leaks are in at the moment. So I could give them a little wiggle, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'll try that one. I've got, I've got plenty in. So I'll give, I'll give one or two a wiggle and compare. Perfect. And let you know on that one. <laughs> I look forward to the report back. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, something else that I've noticed that is growing spectacularly well on your, on your land is the sunflowers. Yeah. The photos are, it literally looks like you've grown a small sunflower field. You know, like the Instagram ones where they all look majestic and you could walk through the centre of them. Like, they look amazing. I'm not going to lie. They are the biggest patch of land that I have. And it goes, that is the sunflowers. So I suppose they are a mini version. Mm. But no, the, the, the entire central triangle bed is my sunflower patch. But there's method behind the madness, I promise, because... Because I put my sun, my herb garden under the shaded area, mm-hmm. things that need partial shade, um, there isn't any left on the patch of land I have. It's all full sun. So the reason that the winter bed is where it is is because it's behind the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. So it has some shade. But the sunflowers, um, originally, um, they're now a bit of a tradition, but originally it was so that I could grow shaded things behind them. Ah. So I planted them south-facing. And then things that I needed shaded, I planted behind and underneath all of the sunflowers. So um, there was two, yeah, there was, I promise there was a little bit of sense as well as them just <laughs> looking gorgeous because they, they just make me happy sunflowers. They make a lot of people happy. Um, so no, I love growing them. And the stems and seeds are so useful as well that I am, um, they're a really handy thing. I would definitely dedicate um, two things that I would definitely recommend people to grow or have a dedicated patch to a sunflowers and comfrey because Amazing. they are if you can have two patches I mean don't get me wrong my favorite bit is my pumpkin patch but from a practical point of view sunflowers and comfrey are incredibly useful useful if you have some little patches of them somewhere in your growing area top tip um so with the sunflowers do you direct sow them because the birds ate all of my seeds that I tried to direct sow uh same I had to I had a bit of a I'm glad I collected a great deal of them um mm-hmm. and one patch ended up being mixed anyway go back into that later um but um the first lot I sowed I did a bit of a trial patch because if you remember we were getting very bad weather mm-hmm. um late on this year so not even for the birds thankfully I sowed like half thinking we'll see how these go but these might not come up because we're still getting frost and cold weather and things um and the birds ate them all and then the second lot I cloughed oh okay so I sewed them and then I put cloth over until they were uh small and then the odd slug eats them but some flowers grow back if slugs eat them generally Mm. so I wasn't too worried about that um but no just to get them going this year I put a cloth over them to stop that's what I'm gonna do next year yeah um, though I don't know if this helps, but in my brassica bed, I've just put a windmill in and it's worked brilliantly, oh, far really? better actually than I, because it's it's not very big um, to, compared to the size of the plot and you can pick them up for a pound at the right time of year, um, whether it's around, I think it's around Easter, they start coming out it's in, in the little, pound shops. Little plastic, little plastic mills. 
absolutely. You can get big ones. So make sure that it's about at least the size of your head. For those listening, you can't see me referencing how big that is. Um, But if it's at least the size of your head, they sell them in, I mean, they'll sell them in local shops as well, but I don't know where you are, but they sell them in B&M, Poundland. Um, They might sell them in garden centres as well, but they certainly sell them. Get windmills that you, like you said, that you blow those papery type ones or very thin ones, bung them in every bed. And I, that was, is what I will be doing next year. I tried the two this year um, and I, for the sake of ease, I'll be windmilling. <laughs> I love them as well. They look really good. Someone bought me one last year for my oh. birthday or something. And actually, I think this year I got a tulip one. It's like a tulip. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> it's really cute. There you go. There you go. So bung that in the middle of your Perfect. Uh, <laughs> patch. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I also want to talk a little bit about um, your job at is it the healing garden yes it is um because i've seen so many amazing stories there like what you've done (laughs) with the compost bins in the polytunnel um the beds you built in the greenhouse like can we just talk a little bit about how exciting that is yeah for sure so i guess the reason that i've not um talked about it loads on instagram is just because it's been new so Mm -hmm. i've sort of been updating people with what i've been doing there but um, I suppose I can finally say that I'm taking over the botanical garden and helping to manage the apothecary garden there, which is just incredibly exciting. But um, yes, I went down to volunteer um, for a few days um, and ended up being offered a role there. So a part time job where I could commute and work one week there and one week from home. And I was still going to be managing and running my herbalist store and um your organic garden which is what I do in Yorkshire um but I've now been offered a a bigger role to just take it over and sort of get free free will to just go wild with it and try and get people there and fill it and um not enough people know that it's there basically Mm -hmm. that's what I'm that's what I'm there to do is when I took over the herbalist in Yorkshire my mission was to digitalize it and bring it online and help to share what was what I thought was beautiful, historic and necessary for our community with everyone who just didn't know it existed because there was no telephone lines and internet. And I'll be honest, it's relatively similar with this botanic garden. So it's farmed organically and biodynamically for over something like over 75 years. Wow. It's 22 acres of so it's a registered botanic garden um and it's sat within hundreds of acres of um organic and biodynamic community land it's Demeter certified it's just a dream but um like I said not enough people know that it's there um and it needs work and I've been asked to um grow an organic kitchen garden for them and it just I'm absolutely delighted and I'm working with scientists and doctors and um, we hosted some two scientists over from Germany to come and do some research on monkshood in the apothecary garden and I get to sort of work there and do that and uh, you know advertise it and um, take you know do some workshops so I'm going to be running a workshop on um, composting so that people can go home and make their own Um, and it's free it's all community land so you can just wander in and out which is what I just think is 
kind of mind-blowing and unique about the whole thing. So I'm moving my garden there. This is the first time I've said that, which is really crazy. Oh so I'm moving, yeah, I'm starting from scratch, which is actually really exciting, but nerve-wracking. So I'm going to start from scratch. I'm going to, for the first time, bite the bullet and do some... Uh, do some videos where people can basically just garden along with me and just go, right, we're starting from scratch here. Would you like to visit? Would you like to learn how to grow your own food? Then just turn up. It's that That'll be simple. amazing. I'm 100% um, coming along. <laughs> please do. Um, please do. So that's why I just, there was, a, there was not a lot that could have sort of um, brought me away from Yorkshire um, and that county. But this is where I will be for at least a year um permanently like I said for the for the near future anyway um minimum a year and I will be starting a garden again from scratch but like I said it'll be with a really different vibe because the aim now is it kind of feels like all of this is a bit of a I don't mean to sound rude but like a practice run for this bigger venture and now it's sort of like oh god like that's all are you I kept going are you sure really <laughs> do you do you really think I like thank you but um <laughs> yeah no um there's we're going you know it's all no dig it's all organic biodynamic um look I guess the last three years I'm studying herbal medicine at the moment it's a four it's a minimum of four years to study herbal medicine um and I'm three years in I've got one year left and it's been a really big learning curve but I've also I mean I've I have learned an incredible amount about myself as well as plants because I think that's just um, part of the process but I've increasingly been more interested in teaching other people to grow their own food and medicine than just continuing to grow my own food and medicine mm -hmm. so when I was given the opportunity to grow that in a commute on community owned land in a registered open botanic garden I sort of just went sorry where do I sign <laughs> which might have been foolish of me but um it's, it is honestly just a dream. And thankfully, we've revived my hometown's herbalist now. The job's done. It's fully staffed. One of my big passions is job creation. So I don't need to take a role there. I've stepped away. Someone else can fulfill that. We're, we're training them to be, um, they're now studying at the school that I study. I'm studying herbal medicine at because that's what I believe in and, you know, empowering and creating more. Um, so it's time for me to go and go and do this so that's the new venture that honestly sounds like the most incredible opportunity like you you probably couldn't, couldn't ask for anything better could you no no absolutely not so um nerve nerve-wracking and it still doesn't quite feel real like I said that's literally the first time I've said it out loud to someone who isn't a member of my family and I've kind of gone um it's it's just more the responsibility but my gosh do I take I always joke and say I don't take myself very seriously but I take <laughs> my work and what I do exceptionally seriously mm -hmm. um so it's a big responsibility but my gosh am I willing to take that on and um work exceptionally hard to do that and I just hope that like I say the aim is to just teach and empower people to just grow their own food and be confident enough to have a go whether they get it right or wrong 
um, because it's a lifelong learning journey growing plants. There's too many plants for us to ever learn in one lifetime. <laughs> so unless we believe that we're going to come back and do the rest in another, um, it's just an endless learning curve. So um, it doesn't matter when you start, how many times you fail, you keep going. And yeah, hopefully I can be part of now. Um, sounds really idealistic and it's certainly not about me, but I would love to be able to be part of someone else's journey who can then go off and fly and do you know even if they want to go off and do their own gardens I mean how awesome would that be we all learned we all started somewhere so yeah it feels like an incredible incredible chance to be able to do that definitely and I feel like it sounds like your entire life has been leading up to this opportunity and I know that you already inspire so many people so I have no doubt that you're going to absolutely smash it like I'm definitely going to come and visit thank you oh please do please please do that would mean the world to me I I hope lots of people visit and just see what's going on what we do the community there has just blown me away it really has everyone it's it's sharing of plants, sharing of knowledge, exchanging of plants. You know, it's we have a plant sale on site and sometimes it's just exchanges of different things. And, you know, it's in, we have um we have a community farm next door as well where everyone goes for lunch and everyone exchanges seeds and um, various different things. It's it's absolutely beautiful. Um, and it's just hopefully like I say people will visit and we can share that and then share plants and knowledge along with all of that as well so yeah thank you definitely I think I think that um any opportunities like I there isn't that many opportunities to kind of learn about plants and see growing in action like again I live in I live in the, the middle of the countryside but there is nowhere where as a child or as an adult you can really go to learn about these kind of things so I'm all for any kind of experiences where people can give something a go and give it a try and see someone else sort of putting it into action and then even if it is that you take one thing home you go oh I'm gonna grow carrots in a window box on my window like outside my house like you just need one little thing to kind of spark someone's interest in it and it doesn't matter if they're not going to be self-sufficient in the long term it's just about kind of that little bit of I think even just the understanding of where your food comes from it's um it's a real big part of life and sort of seeing the full cycle of where things come from where we where we get to absolutely no absolutely and it's really important and I think I think you've we've touched on something but you've touched on something again that it just is awesome for the new project as well is that there isn't one one thing I've learned going down there that there isn't one way to garden Mm -hmm. and they don't teach that either don't get me wrong we favor organic and biodynamic um gardening and things like that but some people don't no dig we do in the apothecary garden some people don't we don't use um animal manures and things like that we just use comfrey but the farm next door will still use cow manure and things like that so it's it's just yeah sharing all of that and also showing people how it's differently done as well but no Mm -hmm. hopefully there's lots of different growers and lots of different spaces and people can find their own way within the garden so yeah definitely and that's a really interesting one on working with your resources like if you happen to have loads of house horse manure or something then by all means make most of it if you have loads of comfrey and you don't have access to horse manure that it's equally as powerful um as long as you know what to do with it I guess absolutely 
Um, so Lydia, can you tell me what is your favourite thing about being in the garden? Like, do you have favourite jobs to do? Um, or is there like something that you just really enjoy at the end of the day, like watering or? No, I hate watering. Sorry. Me too. It's the only thing. <laughs> it's the only job. The only one I don't like. So many um, people find it really therapeutic. And to me, it's just the bane of my life. Yeah, having to stand still in the garden is very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I also must confess, no, I, I, I hate pricking out seedlings and I get my mum to come down and pick <gasps> them out for me. Send them to me. <laughs> Send them. I could do it all day, every day. Oh my gosh, that's my... Sowing the seeds and pricking them out is, oh, just heaven to me pricking out when people say I love that I really love that I love that everyone's job's different but honestly I would happily try and get everyone in the world to send me that pricking out and I just sit for a lifetime and do it I love it I absolutely love it um I I know this sounds really silly but my favorite part of gardening is just sitting watching something else moving and getting my hands mucky that sounds really silly but from a really basic point of view um I'm not very good at staying still if there's nothing sort of going on mm-hmm. but if I'm on the floor watching something and being sort of captivated and my hands are in the muck and under my fingernails mm-hmm. I just I don't know there's just something really really like remedial or therapeutic or like I don't know um so in terms of just a random thing it would probably be watching nature and getting my hands mu- muddy but in terms of jobs it would be sowing the seeds and pricking them out I'm with you on some of the points obviously not pricking out but I am I like the fire at the allotment in my fire pit ever since I've had the fire pit beautiful I light it all the time but the problem is is that I light it and then I just sit there for four hours watching the flames go and then being like oh Oh, more wood (laughs) (laughs) probably look like a bit of a psychopath really but it's amazing and I do love sowing seeds as well I oh no, I, I love that. Day. I can just see you spending four hours like burning your wood and mesmerized by the flames. But the, things like that are so important. Like mm. it isn't just gardening, it isn't just a garden, it's it's the moments in between, it's the rest periods, it's the relaxation periods, it's the sitting in your greenhouse for three hours just because you're <laughs> so happy that everything's grown, or sitting there for three hours thinking, how on earth hasn't this grown? Yeah. But either way, it is therapeutic for sure. Definitely. I love that. At the weekend, I am um, because I've just come back from Chelsea Flower Show, which was the most amazing time, but it was Incredible. exhausting. And then I got oh, back I on Friday night. On Saturday, I went and did a very therapeutic beach survey. It was quite scientific, and we had little squares Ooh. of sand, and we were sifting the sand. And I felt okay. really relaxed by that. Yeah. Oh, that then, sounds very nice. Yeah. And then I went and sat in my shed for two hours, and I was like, I should really be getting on with stuff. And I'm not very good at just sitting at the allotment. But I was just feeling a bit like not down, but a bit kind of like I'd had such a good three days and like had just enjoyed every minute of it. And I felt like I just needed a moment to kind of like reset. And so I was sat there feeling a bit like weird. But then when I got up and left, I was like, Do you know, what? that was exactly what I needed. I just needed a couple of hours to sit and do nothing to kind of like reset and then like carry on. And then I came back on the Sunday and I just had the best day again at the allotment, like getting things done. And I, because I'd been sat there, I kind of worked out everything that needed to be done and what was like yeah. the best way to do it and things like that. So it, actually that time had done me the world of good. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Could not agree more. It isn't always about um, 
the action moments I have to remind myself of that don't get me wrong because I like to do a lot and keep active and things but so you do sometimes have to slow yourself down it just depends on your personality but those those moments are so so important where we just sit and either watch observe think um so so important and mm. in a garden I mean what a better place to do it that isn't that isn't at all fresh air lots of plants around you it's just such an inspiring place to be for sure so no Definitely. completely relate to those <laughs> I do think it's the best kind of therapy like I can't count the amount of times where I've got to the end of the day and I've just felt a bit kind of like brain foggy from work and I kind of like wander down to the allotment and then I'm stood there like well, I don't really know what I'm doing but within never never within more than half an hour I'm like right I feel so much better oh, yeah, I feel refreshed like my headache's gone <laughs> I don't feel groggy like I can see yeah, clearly sure. again <laughs> yeah definitely I mean it saved me a fortune in therapy fees yeah but, you know, <laughs> it's great <laughs> but no it definitely does but I mean we laugh and we joke but all from a sort of um a realistic and scientific point of view there are so many reasons why gardening is good for your mental health and physical health and well-being um from whether it's you know fresh air exercise you know bacteria there's uh there's a bacteria you know in the soil that is that we absorb under our fingernails it has direct links to our sort of brain gut barrier um access and improves uh like I said I haven't got papers in front of me and I don't want to go into something that please look it all up because I'm certainly not the person to be explaining this right now but there's incredible science behind all of these theories as well and that's what I just think is is it's fascinating it's absolutely fascinating how gardening is so good for our, our mental well-being physical as well in lots of different ways but mm -hmm. it does fascinate me how gardening I'm similar to you gardening is my therapy mm. um completely and thank goodness it's in my life um and I think as humans we crave nature we crave that connection with nature I think we crave getting our hands and feet dirty um probably not the best two years to be saying that please wash <laughs> your hands um but when you're in the garden you know on your own then I think I think we crave we crave that connection I think we need it and I do think it's um tragic and interest you know tragically linked with the fact that mental health um crises are massively on the rise and we have really lost our connection with nature um and I think there is I mean in Japan it's I find it phenomenal all the shirinyoku techniques and forest bathing where they physically you can prescribe nature walks in Japan you you know you will go to your GP if you've got high blood pressure for example they have some blood pressure machines outside pine forests and you can measure your blood pressure before and after you go in and you can be prescribed a walk in nature and there's different studies with horticultural therapies where it's been done in different environments and they've seen improvements in mental well-being because of gardening and I mean I could just go on but like I said I'm not the scientist I'm the gardener um, and um, so please look into all of these various techniques but it's fantastic I mean sorry I could talk about why I'm a fan <laughs> of gardening in the soil all day as you can see but yes absolutely it's such an important therapeutic technique definitely definitely and which is why it's so important to get more people into it and kind of seeing the benefits and understand because I do think sometimes when you are as people categorize like a crazy plant lady people mm -hmm. do think you're a bit crazy but actually as soon as they kind of like have that understanding of why you're so obsessed with plants and why you can't talk about anything yeah. anything else yeah. they're like oh okay um a lot of my friends and family who 
maybe not no one was ever like mean or not on board whatsoever but when I first got the allotment they were all a bit confused I think as you mm-hmm. said because yeah. I didn't I didn't know that it was something I was going to be really into but um yeah. and then they kind of come down and they see it in real life and as much as you can see a lot of it from the pictures until you've been there yourself and kind of like done those jobs and like for, for my mum pricking out seedlings she comes in she pricks out seedlings and she sits there and she goes I just love it I love it so much oh you can really see that it makes her happy and it brings her a lot of joy and it's very calming and relaxing and your brain isn't overthinking and you kind of like lose lose all of that kind of like anxiety and worry and stress because you're so focused on how amazing the plants are and the jobs in hand that you don't need you don't need to overthink yeah absolutely absolutely and that care that we give them I mean oh I I could just go off on one now with how much (laughs) how amazing plants are but um it it's the it's the care and the love that you give them it's the it's a it's sometimes for some people it's a reason to get out of bed in the morning Mm. my plants need care and there's just those it's incredible um caring for little tiny beings that then care for us because we eat them which is a random thing to do but we help them by spreading their seed um you know that's we 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 are a synergy with plants they Mm. they are a stationary being we go we eat their fruit we walk around with it we either eat the pip and recycle it um (laughs) with some good nice fertilizer or we spit it out and it grows and we have this amazing collaboration with plants and so of course they're good for us of course caring for them is good for us because I, I suppose we I, I think we we've become quite disconnected from the fact that we are humans and a natural thing um, that for centuries have relied on plants um, whether it's because an, other animals have eaten plants and then we've eaten them or whether we've it's because we've eaten the plant but either way it's, it comes from the plant mm. um, so we have this incredible connection with them that we have for thousands of years and then very very quickly since technology has arrived and technology is such a baby in the grand scheme of things that really we've come disconnected from plants exceptionally quickly as a sort of being as it were and so it doesn't really surprise me that now we're sort of we do sort of go oh look I'm connected to a plant and we do find it surprising and fascinating even I do but really if we stop and really deeply think about it of course we are of course we want to take care for plants. Of course we find them interesting because we've, we've been with them for thousands of years and we haven't had technologies and computers. So we literally have a real life synergy with these other beings. I find plants, sorry, I could, uh, I've got a bit deep, haven't I? <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> oh, that was good. I was like, she's going to think, now she's going to think I'm a bad plant lady. <laughs> We're mad plant ladies together. You basically sound like me when I'm talking to like work work friends and oh, other friends. Oh, that's so reassuring. Like, Listen to my plants. <laughs> at least I've got. At least it's. I've got. Oh my gosh, she's not a clue what I'm talking about. She's not the deal. Oh no, no I wonderful. Love it. That's, yeah. Oh uh, well, it's yeah. What do you think? What do you think? I mean, I, I just think it's like. So I got my allotment, and I didn't know that I was into gardening or growing or anything. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I couldn't have asked for a gift that gave me anything more. Like, oh, wow. I think it's that discovery of, like, 
how things grow and there's so 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 many benefits and Mm -hmm. it doesn't like I said earlier it doesn't even matter if your plants don't grow as they should or like everything is such a learning experience and Mm -hmm. like as well the Instagram community like I never thought I'd be the kind of person who was like oh online friends to be a blogger (laughs) yeah and I sit here today and sometimes I'm like, oh, I was talking to my friend the other day and someone will go, is that a real friend or is that someone on Instagram? And I'm like, but no, because we have the exact same passions in life and I've never connected with someone more than yeah. these people that have been on the podcast. Sorry, sorry. It like, is an awesome community though, isn't it? Yeah, it is an amazing. awesome community. Like, I I was blown away by it. Completely agree. I you everyone is helpful everyone shares tips and failures and even if they don't then if you ask them they usually do as well I found that you know and people are honest and generous I was about to say genuine but also that but so so generous with time and sharing what they do and the amount of time people go into to take those photos and videos because the one of the things I find so interesting and brilliant about the Instagram gardening community is don't get me wrong it doesn't bother me if people want to take photo post photos from a year ago anyway I really you know mm. it's their life um but I do love that you can't fake Instagram gardening because no. if that plant isn't in season you can't post it and if that plant isn't in your <laughs> garden you can't find it sometimes and so the and you I look at all of these thousands of people's Instagrams and think hours and hours and skill that you have put in even if it's one tomato that you've managed to grow I know how many months you have spent caring for that plant how cool is that and now you get to eat it like and everyone's just I just it's an incredible community and the amount of time that people take to grow their food post their food then share how they've grown it so that we can all have a chat about the best ways to grow all of these different plants and discuss all the various techniques and and whether you've got the same technique or not, everyone's so generous and kind with that. Mm-hmm. So I've got followers who um, who don't grow organically and don't grow biodynamically. That's fine. They can either come that way or they won't. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. there's all different techniques. And it's it's just, it is exactly what you said. It's such a generous and kind community. I'm really, I'm glad that I found it as well. So glad that I found you. Yes, found, you Yeah, this is how we've all linked up definitely yeah but yeah I just think it's an amazing place to be and where a lot of people say about how online communities can be quite nasty and like not very helpful like the gardening community is just not like that and I never really get over it like the amount of people I speak to every single day and last year I didn't post for a week and I was blown away by the amount of people that were messaging me checking in like checking that I was okay making sure that everything was fine and then you get the other side of things where like so many people have inspired me to do so many things on my allotment like I just got a herb spiral um there's like two oh. people that have done it on their plots and now I've done it on mine awesome. and it's amazing yeah. to be like you inspired me to do this and then like with yeah. my teepee I grew the teepee in 2019 and like by this year there must be like a couple of hundred people that have sent me photos of their teepees with their kids playing and with their sweet peas oh, growing wow. and we all yeah. went through it together when the sweet peas didn't grow earlier this year and all of us were crying over Instagram being like why are my sweet yeah. peas not growing and you're like reassured by the fact that everyone's facing the same issues I haven't had yeah. blight this year but I imagine that the 
tomato blight community have really come together over the fact that everyone yeah. has been hit by a bit of a terrible bout yeah, of it. Absolutely. And the fact that it's been a bad year this year. It's been yeah. a terrible year this year. I mean, we've we've not got I mean, we'll be going to the supermarkets in winter, um, <laughs> for sure. Um, but no, it's not been it's not been a good year. And that's been reassuring as well, because you do yeah. start to think, have I done this? Have I not done this? And then as like you say, as soon as you pop onto Instagram and someone goes, Oh, we've put or hundreds or thousands of people <laughs> yeah. all go, I have this problem, or the slugs of this, and so 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 like this year, the slugs have just been it's been a dream for them, hasn't it? So yes. lots of us have lost things to that, and I've sort of gone, No, it's everyone, it's everyone. Mm. Okay, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you're still going. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a support. Um, I feel like we could probably talk for another three hours. <laughs> but How long have we been? <laughs> I think we're about an hour and 20 minutes in. <laughs> okay, yeah. We'll, um, I'll let you go. We'll, we'll wrap up. But before we go, I would love to know, what is your all-time favourite thing to grow? Like Desert Whoa. Island plant. Oh, hang on. Desert Island... Oh, I have categories. This is complicated. Ooh. If we can go through the categories, quick question. <laughs> oh, really? No, so, please okay. go. <laughs> my favourite plant, not to grow, but my favourite plant is borage. Mm-hmm. It is edible. It is medicinal. It is a pollinator. It is enthusiastic, meaning mm-hmm. it will grow anywhere. And also, if you put it under a magnifying glass, the petals sparkle and it looks like a little furry. No so way. borage. Yeah. All also looks, That's looks great in ice cubes. <laughs> And it looks great in ice cubes. Yes. And yeah, in salads, I can promote borage all day. Um, I promise I don't sell it. Um, <laughs> um, so that's my favourite plant. My favourite medicinal herb that I would take to my desert island is yarrow. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can use it for absolutely everything. Um, so that's my favourite medicinal herb. But my favourite plant to grow in terms of vegetables, it's, it's, it's got to be either onions or garlic. And I, I'm probably going to go for, oh, my pumpkins. Oh. <laughs> you know what? The the onions and garlics are coming in second. Pumpkins. No way. I absolutely love both. pumpkins and squash. They They're are the amazing. If, if you said you can grow one thing mm. on, a, on an allotment, I would, for fun and enjoyment, then it would be the pumpkin patch. For sure so much fun I do like there's so much variety until you've got an allotment and you started growing pumpkins you don't even know anything about pumpkins people see pumpkins in shops that is not even a pumpkin you know nothing yeah yeah there are so many different colors and shapes and it's like an endless world of opportunity yeah no it's great definitely funny story and I might have mentioned this on another episode already but I sewed I think nine varieties of squash this year squash and pumpkins I had like black ones and grey ones and knobbly ones and I was so excited (laughs) all all of my squash plants that went in the ground I donated quite a few because I had like probably like 50 seedlings (laughs) all of the ones that ended up in my allotment I had one turk's turban and there's like eight baked potato squashes like every single oh plant gosh. that I managed to plant was the baked potato squash. And I do like them. That's they're not great. fancy. They're just like a good one to eat. And they, yeah. they're white. They're just, they're plain. Oh, maybe it was just saying we're going to give you lots of food to stock up on because it's going to be a bad year. Yeah. I mean, they, I oh, do no. love them. I, and I've given them <laughs> away and they're all loving them. But where are my coloured pumpkins? 
oh no well someone's got them in their garden thoroughly enjoying mm. them yeah <laughs> and thanking you from growing them from seed so yeah. i hope they're oh. happy <laughs> Shame for you though, you'll have to just enjoy your white ones. <laughs> yeah. Next year though, next year I'm not going to grow the white ones so that the others have a chance. <laughs> I've had enough of those now. Yeah. Well, oh, nice. thank you so much for coming on, Lydia. I've honestly had the best hour and a half. Oh, thank you so much, Shannon. That's ace. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been really nice chatting as well. Really nice chatting. Lovely. And uh, I will come and visit you on your new adventure absolutely yeah please come down to the healing garden it would just be awesome to see you there and um yeah no thank you so much for the interest and well wishes with it all genuinely that means the world so like i said it's the first time i'd really talked about it and put it out there to the universe so uh yeah no thank you i really really appreciate that thank you it's been such a pleasure <laughs> thank you Chatting to Lydia was honestly one of those experiences where you just instantly bond with someone over a shared passion. I can't wait to visit the Healing Garden and watch her new adventure bloom. If you don't already follow her on Instagram, definitely check her out at Your Organic PT because her account is really something special and what's to come is going to be amazing. Best of luck, Lydia. If you've enjoyed listening today, please do subscribe to keep up to the date with upcoming episodes and leave a review. In the meantime, I'd love to hear any of your own gardening questions and stories on Instagram at Diary of a Lady Gardener or via email diaryofaladygardener at gmail.com. That's all from me for this week. Happy growing!